are we recording? Oh, yes, we're recording. We're back, everybody. It's your boy, Eduardo Jackson, CEO, founder of Cinema Draft, and I'm rocking the official t-shirt of Blacks and Bitcoin. That's right. We've got merch, y'all. We've got merch. We are sponsored by Pippa. It is the simplest, smartest way to share your podcast. We can now be found on Spotify. We've got a sponsor, y'all. We've made the big time. And you know we've made the big time when we have my guest today. You don't know her. You will love her. I feel so bad because we had her earlier on a podcast, which was brilliant. Oh, it was brilliant. And somehow... Our brother did not hit record. That's why we are double-checking, crossing our T's, dotting our I's. Very thankful to have, back on the podcast, CNBC's own, a segment producer for Squawk Box with my beloved Melissa Blockchain Lee. Oh, I love her. She's Columbia University School of Journalism student, fresh off a plane from Israel, L'Chaim, to Courtney Brown! Thanks for having me. Shalom. 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 Okay, so Air let's, horn. Stop speaking, let's stop speaking Hebrew because that is the extent of my knowledge. Same Ohio. here, same here. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, so <laughs> so I am just, I'm very excited to have you back. Thank you for putting up with my technical gaffes and I am, once again, we, okay, we are still recording. Okay, good. All right, <laughs> good. I, will, I will forever be stressed about that t- today. Okay, so yeah, so tell me in a nutshell your story and how you first Okay, I usually ask people my first question is how you fell in love with crypto, but in your case, it'll be how you got interested in crypto. Okay, um, so I would say that I kind of fell into it along with most people at CNBC. I don't want to say I bought into the hype, but it was just something that everyone was talking about at one point, and I was like, what is this? And then I became really interested in um, how people of color are using this and why we aren't seeing people of color as the face of this. We're seeing people who look like the Winklevoss twins, right? And, Mm. um, you know, I started working on the story um, that I wrote for The Plug Daily, and that's how I met you, met some other really interesting um, Black people interested in Bitcoin. So that's it. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah, good point. And that article, there it is. Is Bitcoin the next great or next Black wealth creator? GIF courtesy of moi. (laughs) Yes. Well done. Yes. Okay. All right, we can dig it. We can d- and then, oh, oh, okay. Oh, wow, Medium is starting to crack down. Okay, we're paywalling Medium now. All right, watch out. So, yeah, so so tell us a little bit about CNBC, what your job is over at Squawk Box. I call it the belly of the beast because for as long as I can remember, up until maybe 10 to 12 months ago, CNBC was dead set trying to kill us, us as in cryptocurrency uh, owners, uh old coiners, OGs, Bitcoiners, whatever you want to call us. And then now it seems like, even, even if they haven't turned all the way around in my estimation, it seems like they're at least tolerating us and giving us daily updates, which we appreciate. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I think that we've gotten a bit smarter about the type of people that we have on the network. Well, at least on Squawkbox, I can't speak for the whole network, but I would say my role as like a producer is to put these people on TV and kind of vet them. And I think we've gotten a little bit better about putting people on who actually know what they're talking about, who actually have skin in the game. They're not just talking heads. They're people who are invested in um, cryptocurrencies and are actually experts. So I don't know. I'd be interested in your take on that. (laughs) You know, whether or not the people who are coming on the network are actually people who know what they're talking about or whether they're just, I don't know, extreme optimists or extreme pessimists. I'm not sure. Well, I I, I must say I did watch a lot more CNBC during the recession. That's how I first found and fell in love with, you know, one of your your coworkers, Melissa Blockchain Lee. (laughs) Melissa Lee, she's um, Harvard trained. Uh, Is she actually an economist? I'm not sure. I know she's been personality there for a while, but I mean, the I mean, the the thing with me, Melissa, it's real. And, you know, feel free to pass along my best wishes. Anyways, um... I will do that. I will do that. EJ. I will do that. (laughs) Although not this video. We'll, We'll get go to an earlier video where I don't have the recovery beard. That's right, y'all. For those of you you all who are watching and not listening to the podcast, I am four weeks into my surgery recovery beard. We started physical therapy last week. 
I, I'll be shaving this off either the first time I get onto a basketball court or the next time I have a date. So pretty much it's going to be a couple months. It's going to be a while. <laughs> so, but yes, we got the full castaway recovery beard going. Uh, that's why I was away for you guys for a little bit, but we are back with my favorite. Well, I mean, you guys haven't seen or heard from her, but she's my favorite guest. We're going to have such a great discussion about Bitcoin and stuff. And just going back to the question at hand, I, I did, like I said, I did watch more CNBC back in the day, but, um, but from what, every time there's like a big, uh, there's, there's some, there's some, a big, uh, interview or mention of Bitcoin. Like I know the, the interview with the Ripple guy got some, some run or whatever, pretty much Reddit's yeah. all over it. You go to Reddit Bitcoin, which is still probably, I mean, it's been a long time. It's, it's been a long time, uh. Uh, a source of of information, but especially now, I mean, it's got like probably what 160,000, 117,000 uh, people on it. And oh wow, okay, actually, oh okay, Reddit Bitcoin actually it's down to 10,000. All right, maybe we've lost some people, but it's had a lot of either, either way, 10,000 people on Reddit is pretty big. So anytime there's like a big and media mention it hits Reddit Bitcoin, and we do all talk about it. But I, we are, we we keep a kind of jaded eye, I would say, as far when it comes to media coverage, especially CNBC, only because I mean, you know, you guys do tend to serve Wall Street. But I do appreciate that it, the coverage has gotten smarter. And and how do you and how do you think your role with that has has been? Like, what's been the biggest learning curve when it comes to cryptocurrency or or obstacle that you found when it's come to cryptocurrency or Bitcoin? I think that. Okay, so the last time we spoke, I had just come back from Davos and Jet I think, Yeah, right. Not even, not even. But I, you know, it was we were at a time when I think we were right in the thick of the Bitcoin hype on CNBC. I will say I think it's calmed down a bit. I don't know why that is. I the price. <laughs> the price has been perhaps, halved from perhaps, when it was perhaps, in December. Perhaps. But the thing is, I think that not just CNBC, but I think all media outlets, like we love volatility. It's exciting. It's something to talk about. Um, so back in January, I think we were right in the thick of when things were happening. And it, it was at the point where a CEO couldn't get onto our set. It doesn't matter what business they ran. We were going to ask them about Bitcoin. Oh, um, nice. And you remember last time we spoke, I said that you know, when we talked to JP Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon, he was like, I'm not, I'm not talking about this anymore. I'm done. And that was after him for months being such a bear about it. He's just like, don't ask me any questions about this. I have nothing more to say. Um, and it's like, you can't blame him, you know? And guess what? What's happened to Jamie since then, huh? What's happened to Jamie since then? I mean... He admitted we're real. We are an existential yeah. threat, just like yeah. I've always said. Yeah, no, and, so this is all right. So, in, so when we did speak, we, the Lost uh, podcast was about a month and a half ago, <laughs> and I still cried tears because it, it was such brilliant gold. Um, but the, since, the, since the, the Lost podcast or whatever, I mean, the, the, ba the major banks have actually gone on record to say that, first of all, they're not dealing with Bitcoin anymore, or they're going to try to make it as difficult as possible. They're going to you know, charge you extra fees to use your credit card. They're, they're going to outright just shut you down. U.S. Bank, the, I mean, it's not, I mean, it's, I guess it's technically like a big bank. It's, you know, it's nationwide, but it's one of the smaller, of the big banks. Even they blocked me from making a legal purchase on Coinbase. It's like, really? what the fuck? It's like, it, it, I mean, Coinbase is probably as as regulated as U.S. Uh, or in the realm of regulation as U.S. Bank, and they're having trouble getting just a normal debit. And I'm not talking about a credit card purchase. I'm talking about a debit card. Like the money's in my account. They wouldn't let me use my own money. I I had a tantrum on Twitter. I did. If you look it up, it's not pretty. But I I, I called them out. I was pissed. And I was I was I'm this actually I'm this close to taking all my money to a community bank because because when I move my money over to a community to my community bank, they process it no problems. So that might actually have to be the way using your your uh, credit unions community banks but right now the big banks they are scared they are plotting against us and this may sound like paranoia from someone on the inside but what do you see from the outside um or have you seen anything or you I, no i i agree with you like the the see I, I think the tone has changed like if we're using jamie diamond as an example i mean he it's like I don't know. I don't want to call it like the stages of grief, but it was like he was hardcore <laughs> against it, against it, against it, against it. The started to teeter real. back a bit, started to teeter back a bit on, about his bearish comments. And then, and, and then was finally like, don't ask me about this anymore. You know, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk about this. And then 
like you said, has come around a little bit. So I, I don't know. That's very interesting. That's a, that's a really interesting story, actually, that your bank blocked you from doing a transaction on Coinbase, which you're right, is is like a legit platform in, in my mind, I think in most people's minds. So, I, I mean, have you talked to them about it? Oh, God, yes. I, I called yeah. up supervisors. I got super indignant, and it, it was not you know pretty <laughs> for them or for me, really, honestly. It was not my finest moment. Uh, and I did find a workaround, but it they have made it harder. But the great thing about about innovation and you know i guess to suck up to your friends over at cnbc the great thing about capitalism is that there is you know competition i mean since then we've seen square cash come out. yo speaking of square let's can we talk about a second for, for your, your boy jack dorsey square yeah, slash the twitter boy. ceo yeah i mean well you know i mean you know wall street well he's not as much wall street he's silicon valley but you know they're a publicly yeah. traded company right twitter right yeah, yeah. And, and, square. and square and square yeah. right i mean mm-hmm. he came out today and he said that that it's actually let's see if we can find it's probably on the bitcoin subreddit too he basically said that he expects there it is bitcoin to become this world single currency in about 10 years well first of all calm down Calm down, Jack. All right, ten years is extremely short, even in the world of of you know of technology. But for, but for I mean I mean it's it's extremely fast for in the world of technology, if you ask me. Uh, oh, do we have no no we don't want to no what is with oh I hate these auto plays. All right, sorry, uh, Jack Dorsey. He's I mean. I agree. We, I don't, I'm not sure if this will be the world's single currency. I think it will definitely be the world's reserve currency in, I don't know, 20 to 25 years maybe. But, I mean, it's not – I mean, it, when it comes to the vested interests in in the economy right now or in, in the monetary systems, they're, they're wide and entrenched. And I have a hard time believing that especially people like Jamie Dimon and companies like J.P. Morgan will let – as pry, you know, uh, a digital standard away from their cold dead hands unless they can find a way to game it. Yeah, I mean, this is fascinating to me, watching Jack Dorsey come out and speak about Bitcoin in the way he has. I mean, Square's Cash App, as you know, allows people to buy and sell Bitcoin. The Cash we've App. The, right. We've seen the stock shares of Square rise on the fact that they are embracing Bitcoin. But on the other hand, here's something that's interesting, right? Twitter, along with Google and Facebook, they're in the same group of people that are trying to ban ads for cryptos and ICOs on their platform. So it's like it's like you have the CEO who's the CEO of both Twitter and Square. You have the CEO who seems to be so bullish on this, but at the same time, one of the platforms that he's CEO of is considering banning advertising for cryptocurrencies. I, I just don't know how... I just don't know how I how you, how you think about that. You know what I mean? Well, okay. Well, let me help square the circle for you, as they say. I yeah, mean, so the it, point about it. yeah, no. So the point behind them banning ads for cryptocurrency, you know, it's a case of them basically, you know, using uh, you know, tarring people with a wide brush. I kind of understand because there are a lot. I mean. When I say there are a lot of cryptocurrency scams, there are a lot. Like, I mean, it might even, because of technology, it might even be like a historical precedent that we're setting now with just the level, just the amount of scams to citizens that are out there in the cryptocurrency space. Because it's new, it's it's largely unregulated, and, and there's a lot of misinformation and just you know lack of information out in that space. So what they're basically trying to do is they're trying to ban... A bunch of of the scam coins, the scam ICOs, and some of the bad actors. But because they're not educated enough to really intelligently know exactly which ones are which, and a lot of times they're, I mean, some of these companies do a really good job of hiding, you know, which ones are which. Uh, they're just saying, "Wow, we're just going to ban them all." Now, some have been a little bit more nuanced. I think it was was it Facebook, I think, who said that they're going to ban ads for ICOs, not necessarily all cryptocurrency, just ICOs, I think. And then like Google's like. I was going to ban it all. I have a hard time believing that because, first of all, they are making a ton of money, a shit ton of money off of these, you know, coin of, of these these coin ads. And I mean, even even the legitimate ones. I mean, because because the cost to market like an ICO, like you want to do everything above board, and you know, never mind the SEC stuff because they're still getting their act together, and we can even discuss that a little bit. But I mean, even aside from whatever the SEC is kind of like blindly, you know, waving around in the dark trying to figure out. I mean, even the the ones that are above board that have a product. And development and a, and, a, and a fairly solid, you know, leadership team. It's it's going to cost you a good, I don't know, 50, 75, 100k, you know, to get your coin to market if you market it pr- properly. So, not, I mean, and when you you know combine that by how many coins are out there? Was it 1,500 at last check today? Coin market cap? Yes, 1,500 coins are listed just on Coin Market Cap, which means there's probably about twice as many that are out there. They're trying to find a, a space or they're trying to launch. That's a lot of, I mean, you know, you know. 
2,000 times 100,000. I mean, you think Google and Facebook leave that money on the table? Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I mean, here's the thing, though. Here, so here's my counter argument to what you just said. Um, yes, these companies are painting this idea that there are tons of scams out there when it comes to cryptocurrency with a broad brush. But then you have the CEO coming out here and saying that this is going to be, what did he say, the single currency of the Internet in the next 10 years. Yes. Well, you clearly know something about it. So why is your company one of these that are painting it with such a broad brush? You, you're out here talking about how much you believe in it. So why why not have some new it's, it's like the Trump White House. Like one branch is know what the other branch is doing. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I just I, I don't understand it. I think it's just an interesting contrast. But well, I mean, but it's it's a it's it's a consumer safety thing. And look, and as someone who's been got, I mean, look, I, I mean, I've been in the space since 2013. I've been gotten a few times from some of these scams. Some of them are really sophisticated. Some of them actually are valid platforms that kind of get crushed under regulation or if, or a few you know bad apples. But even still, <clears throat> I get where they're coming from and their note of caution. They want to kind of keep people safe. But here's the thing: when it comes to any kind of investment stuff, I mean, there really is no safety. The only people who are truly safe. Is him, Jamie Dimon, your boy. <laughs> the only people who really are safe in the finance, in the centralized banking system, are the are the the big banks because they always get bailed out hundred cents on the dollar. Now, I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that's kind of what it is. And so they're trying to do what they think right now in the interim is the best, you know, is, is the the best thing to keep people safe. But they don't really know what they're doing. And so hopefully over time they'll get a little bit more sophisticated. I don't know. But even so, I think it is very interesting that we are, are kind of I mean, the, the consensus is that Bitcoin's not going anywhere right now. Right. I mean, can we and I, well, or maybe it is. It, tell me about something you, you, you found out today because you brought something to my attention. So that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> yes, I really thoroughly enjoyed the meme you sent back. to me. When I said <laughs> yes, my Viola like, Davis. Oh boy, this is going to be funny. So, yeah, I wanted to talk to you about this because I, I think that the first time we spoke for the article I wrote for the Plug Daily, um, I think I kind of asked you, I asked you about these comparisons to the dot-com bubble and the dot-com era is Bitcoin the next, I don't know, pets.com, right? That's the extreme example. But Morgan Stanley put out a note today basically comparing um, comparing the Bitcoin you know, fall and rise and fall with that of the NASDAQ back in 2000, except they said it was something like 15 times the speed. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just I just wonder what people who are in this for the long haul, I think you, you call them hodlers, right? Yes, um, hodlers. I mean, what do you see? What do you think when you see reports like this? You know what I mean? It just, it, it's just it's comparing something to the dot com bubble it, is scary. It scares people. It, it's, it's a it's a fear mongering tactic. You know what I mean? So I'm always skeptical. But at the same time, Morgan Stanley is a reputable I don't know, research firm when they put when they put out notes like this, people pay attention. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I can't. No, I, I'm just kind of taking a breath. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm trying to figure out like how much to talk about because this is the type of stuff that it doesn't really drive me nuts. It just makes me roll my eyes. It's 2018 yeah. now, like March 2018. I'm. I'm. I mean, with with people on the same day, pretty much as as Dorsey from Square coming out and and you know and basically standing for for Bitcoin, you got you get this piece of fud, as we say, fear, uncertainty, doubt. And it's not even really fud. Actually, something like this, if it come out a year ago to this day, probably would have caused like panic in in on Reddit, you know, on Bitcoin Reddit. Today, we just kind of roll our eyes. I, mean, I don't. We, it's it's almost inconceivable that this type of stuff still keeps coming out, considering that all these these banks, including the investment banks like like Goldman Sachs is opening up a trading desk you know even though they, they it seems like one week to say they are one week to say they aren't I think they are I mean come on they're not stupid they, and also they, they bought or they're heavily invested into Circle which ended yeah. up buying Poloniex which is you know a smaller exchange but still a very you know a, a, a fairly reputable US based exchange so they're not going anywhere so for Morgan Stanley to say this is the this is a Bitcoin bubble it's either them really trying to cast some real hateration and holleration in the dancery on their competitors Goldman Sachs and some others, or they're just really, it's, it's a case of trying to post some FUD as FOMO. They, I mean, cause they're, they're, they're late. If they're not in, if they're at least not even investigating or doing something blockchain related or actually, you know, uh, looking to setting up a desk or some sort of derivative or something, they're, they're going to fall way behind their competitors. And if I was actually a client of Morgan Stanley, and obviously I'm not because I'm not an accredited investor, nor would I ever be putting money into that, into a bank like that. It got bailed at hundred cents on the dollar. I would be 
pissed. How are you missing this? Everyone is in this space. How are they not in this space? It's it's it's, it's pretty laughable. So I look at this. I kind of roll my eyes only because it seems like like a piece that would come that would have coming out like six to to twelve months ago. And it's it, it and I understand like their concerns like they're and they're I think they use like a like a financial model to show on this. But the thing about Bitcoin is that while there are some technical aspects you can look at, and we do go to TradingView every day. TradingView is, is pretty awesome, especially for cryptocurrencies. A lot of interesting um, traders who are posting charts and doing a lot of uh, interesting crypto analysis. Um, <clears throat> while there are some indicators you can look at generally, I think trying to compare you know, cryptocurrency to traditional stock markets is, is truly like apples to space oranges. Right, right. It, it, what's interesting about this whole thing is that James Gorman, I, I, I did some digging earlier this afternoon, James Gorman, the CEO of Morgan Stanley, has actually been, been pretty... I don't know. I don't want to say okay with Bitcoin, but he's come out and he's defended it. He's said that it's more than just a fad. He's yes, he's called it speculative, but he's also said that it's not going to going away. So I don't know what to make of Morgan Stanley as a whole. But when it comes to their research division, it, 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 this report, I don't know, got people, got my friends, got people within CBC talking. So. Okay, and then so yeah, so uh, so bring us into your world. So in in the the traditional fi financial sector, what does something like this mean to say a Melissa Lee, someone who seems like she's maybe she hasn't drunk the Kool Aid entirely because she hasn't met me yet, but she at least uh, is interested and and sees enough value at least in the space to comment on it, you know, on a fairly daily basis. So when someone like when someone like Morgan Stanley says something like this, what is it? What, what kind of emotions or responses it evoke in someone who's tied, you know, pretty concretely to the traditional financial sector? I would say that what's happened before on our network, when research reports like this come out, kind of exactly like you said, comparing Bitcoin to the broader markets, I think that I think we're very cautious about doing that. I think that is not. I don't think Bitcoin moves in line with the <laughs> stock market. There was, I just, I just don't, I don't understand that type of thinking. But then again, there was an article in the Wall Street Journal maybe two weeks ago talking about how people are looking for the next move in the markets based on Bitcoin. So you have the Wall Street Journal kind of thinking this idea that Bitcoin moves in long, moves in line with the broader markets. But I don't, I don't understand that. It seems like from what you're saying, and, and I trust you. I know you're very smart. I know you know this stuff. Um, I, I don't, I don't see wh why that's a thing. I don't, I don't understand the correlation. Right, and and, and while you've been talking, I've been actually been showing some charts from one of my favorite follows on TradingView, a gentleman who goes by the nom de plume Magic Poop Cannon, great name. Uh, he posts daily charts. I, I, I disagree with that. I think that's a horrible name. <laughs> he posts well. His technical analysis is actually pretty interesting. He, I mean, they and they use a lot of traditional stock, you know, like Elliott waves and Fibonacci retracements and a bunch of these terms, which I have only a bare working knowledge of to explain, you know, market movement and stuff like that. Because to to a degree, you know, all markets are at the at the bottom line, similar because they're run by humans and, you know, humans run off of a bunch of different factors over the course of time. They've kind of perfected into terms and strategies. And so it's very interesting to see them apply traditional technical analysis to a space like Bitcoin, because there are a lot of times when it does move like, you know, traditional markets. And so, and so a lot of times I'll go to a place like TradingView just to get like, you know, some indicators of like what's coming up and, and, you know, and, and what to expect so that when there is like a big dip or, or, or a bounce, whatever, I'm prepared for it. I mean, so there, um, so I'm not saying that there isn't any value to the traditional financial sector, of course. I mean, there is, but I always look at with the eye of rye amusement, if not just eye rollery when I hear reports like <clears throat> like um, uh, Morgan Stanley when it's, it seems it seems like uh, like don't you get this thing isn't going any, away any anytime soon and and right. the, the biggest the biggest indicator for me is that it's not going away was I mean I mean I I've been hodling since 2013 you really had to have strong hands back in 2013 when it went from 88 dollars to almost 1200 back down to like 250 and like in in a 2015 stuff like that so i'm not you know nothing can really shake me off but i just think that i really think that the space is going anywhere when you have huge players that are heavily invested like your coin bases like uh like you know circ which is backed by goldman sachs goldman sachs i mean let's just use some common sense here if goldman sachs is this heavy into the crypto space 
it's not going anywhere. They're a company where heads they win, tails you lose. They're not going to lose. If Goldman Sachs is in the space, I would buy as much Bitcoin as, as you can right now because it's only going up. That's just my opinion. Of course, I'm not an investment advisor. It's not financial advice. <laughs> I mean, I think there's some real value in, like you said, looking at the technical analysis of Bitcoin. I'm not, I'm not saying that's not valid. I just think Okay, here's the Wall Street Journal article I was talking about. When will stocks tumble again? Investors look to Bitcoin for answers. I just think that kind of that kind of speculation that doesn't make sense to me. And a lot of people I've spoken to, it, it doesn't work like that. Bitcoin does not move in tandem with the stock market. So I don't know. I, I don't really have much more to say on it, but I, I just am very, very careful. Although I, re I read reports like the one that Morgan Stanley put out today with interest. And I think many people do with their interest, but I'm also very wary about it. So... No, fair enough. Okay. <clears throat> fair enough. And and with that, we will segue over to my favorite segment, your favorite segment, the segment with the best music. It is time for the weekly coin count. Hit it. Oh, and I lost my space. Here, hit it. There we go. Just the calm, soothing sounds of the weekly coin count. I count my coins, and you count your coins. We all get rich together. This may be of limited interest to you for the moment, Courtney, only because I'm not interested. Do you have any coins, actually? Yeah, Bitcoin. Yay! No, let's see. You gifted me $5 in Bitcoin in November, I think. I checked oh. on it earlier today. Is it $6.24? Yes! It has still appreciated. I was a little concerned. Like when, when, in December, when in November did I give it to you? Did it go up I, or down? Okay. I think mid-December. Mid sorry, mid-November, perhaps. Oh, that's excellent. Um, that's yeah, excellent. Not bad. You know, anyway, yeah. the last time we spoke, I think I told you that I don't know the CNBC policy on Bitcoin. We're not allowed to invest in stocks. We can do ETFs, mutual funds, all that stuff. Um, but I feel like cryptocurrencies are kind of in this weird space. So I'm kind of trying to lay low. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, good thing there's only like five people plus my mother who watch this channel. So you're, you're, you're secret safe with me, with us. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so all right. So let's take a look at the markets. Over the last seven days, Bitcoin, it's, it's done its thing a little bit. Actually, let's get a better view. Uh, there we go. The last seven days... Oh, wow. Bitcoin is actually up 12%. Imagine that. It has been a wild ride for Bitcoin. It has gone up. It has gone down. And right now, over the last seven days, it is up. Over the last day, it's up 1%. And of course, we've been in Bitcoin for a long time. ETH! What's going on, ETH? You know what? Actually, Ethereum's down almost 4%, largely because there was a big sell of about... What was, how much was it? Was it... I want to say 4, 4 million, 40 million? Or maybe it was 400 million. There's a lot of ETH was sold over the last week because there are a couple of people, a couple of projects that are selling some of their smart tokens in order to pay their players, pay their their, their player, pay their their team. So ETH will recover. Ethereum, which I'm sure you're aware of, is mm -hmm. is the smart token, the one with the smart contracts, which is the building block for a lot, a lot of these ICOs. Are you, you are familiar with ETH, right? Ethereum? Yeah, it's 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 one that has been increasingly brought up by guests who come on our network within the last uh, maybe five months or so. Mm. Um, I made this joke last time, but I, I'll say it again. I think when when a guest on CNBC brings up um, an altcoin, I, I think that's like the top. I think there's like some sort of CNBC indicator. Like when <laughs> I feel like it's become like a very very mainstream. I don't know what you think about that, but okay. No, no. I mean, Ethereum. It's very popular. It's. I mean, it was the original ICO. I mean, came out in you know twenty. Yeah, July or August of twenty fifteen. I. I mean, of course, hindsight's you know twenty twenty whatever. But I had no idea what the hell it was. Didn't know how it worked. I heard all about it all over the boards. So I'm like, nah. What is this? You know, the only real coin's Bitcoin. Okay. <laughs> it was. I Wait, mean. But when did you? When did you get on board? Uh, Bitcoin. Uh. So no, all right. No. Oh. No, 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 Ethereum. Oh, Ethereum? So I actually yeah. bought my first Ethereum back in... Oh, man, I'm, I'm ashamed to say. November 2017. <laughs> I I mean, I, I've always... I mean, for the last year... Two, last year and a half, I've always knew what it kind of did, but I never saw it getting very big until, of course, everything got big in, you know, Q4 2017. So I bought into some ETH, and actually, I think I'm still up on ETH. I think I bought in at, like, 100 and... Uh, sorry, uh... 
what I bet? I think I bought in at like two something, so we are okay on Ethereum. Actually, I can tell you exactly what I got in at. I got in at, this is the coin count for crying out loud, um, 357.42. So, you know, I mean, what's that, 60%, <laughs> you know, 40%, 45% ROI, something like that in, in uh, three or four months? Crypto, gotta love it. Uh, what else are we hodling? LTC, Litecoin. It's also been on a bit of a ride. Uh, up 0.84% today over the last seven days. It is actually, it's actually down a little. Oh, I, no, okay, it's, it's, got, it's gotten back. It's, it's had a really bad, I think it went down as low as like 140 something over the week. And now back up to 172.11. We are also hodling Dash. Have you heard of Dash, Courtney? I've heard of Dash. I'm not quite sure what makes Dash so special. Okay, well, actually, yeah, great. Well, actually, you know, I won't bore people and go into a deep dive into it because I actually have um, gone into a deep, deep dive with Dash before. I love Dash because it's a privacy coin, but they're actually making a lot more user-friendly because uh, you've got a ton of privacy coins out there. Uh, Dash might have been the first one of the first ones. It was originally called Blackcoin. I mean, it was really used for nefarious stuff. I don't appreciate... I don't appreciate the connotation, people, but yeah, they rebranded as Dash, smart, okay, um, digital okay. cash, and uh, and they're actually they're doing quite well. If you go to their site, Dash.org, it is a really fun time. I spent an evening um, back in November when I picked up Dash in, in, a, in a native wallet, too, and there's a bunch of explainers by um, their spokeswoman, Amanda K. Johnson, who... I've heard on the low on background makes a grip for all these videos she does for them. She's very goofy, very uh, very fun, um, and explains everything the way the sucker works. That's right. I keep forgetting you can't see my screen. Uh, well, anyways, no, um, I'm looking. I'm looking. I can see. Okay, there you go. Yeah, yeah she she's she's a very good spokeswoman for him. She makes I've, I've heard she makes well over six figures. You know, just pumping dash so they're they and they're and they've got uh, they're really big on the masternode system where if you hold like a thousand um a, a thousand of dash you can actually become almost like a gateway and get like passive income just by holding you know all that dash and securing the network so masternodes are pretty cool i might actually do an eli5 in them one day because because uh, now that ICOs are being, you know, banned more and more, um, I think you'll see a lot more coins uh, launching with masternodes, which is basically, you know, you just kind of put your coin out there without, like, you know, doing this whole ICO song and dance, and people can buy into it or they won't, you know? Uh, <clears throat> see, what else? We are, oh, Bat, the Brave browser, which is actually acting up on me today, so we are not on the Brave browser today, but... Um, that's the basic attention token. That is the coin that lets you, uh, that, that pays you or actually pays the, the people you follow, uh, or the, the sites you traffic, uh, for, for the traffic. So if you like going to, I don't know, Huffington Post, you can set up so that they will get some of your bat for going to Huffington Post if they're accepting it. It's a really cool currency. It's down but it is still at 21 cents. I believe we actually got into 19 cents and it actually went up as high as, oh, no, we got in at 16 cents. It went as high as 70, oh, 80, 95 cents <laughs> in January. And then here we are at 21 cents. But we're still up, so that's all that matters. Monero XMR, another privacy coin. I'm only invested in Monero because it works. The BitPetite scam, they exit scammed with Monero. So I know firsthand, sadly, this sucker works. 222 today. I originally got in at 221.78 back in December. So we're still up. And that's all that matters. Have you heard of Monero, Courtney? No, I have not. I have not. How did you find out about Monero? Well, I mean, it was always kind of hanging around. I heard about it, but I ignored it until, once again, the BitPetite scam ran off with like 100 200 bucks of my money and they exit scam with Monero. They changed their their uh, lending platform or they added um, Monero to their lending platform about five days before they went dark. <laughs> oh, and people who tracked them down, well, they, no, they haven't been found yet, but they basically used it to take off of the funds. And Monero is a privacy coin. Um, I think it might be another masternode type system, but it's designed so that, you know, everything's anonymized and... Stranger, it works. Moving on, <laughs> storage. This is based. This is what I like to call decentralized Dropbox. It is at 85 cents. It's had a wild ride of a week. Uh, 
I originally got in at 70 cents uh, back in November, so it is still riding high. Founded by a Morehouse brother, Sean Wilkinson, class of 2015. Go ahead. The house? I'm class of 97. Okay, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) XLM. Were you even born in 90s? You know what? Never mind. Never ask a lady her age. Never mind. Uh, I, was, X- I was four years old. Excuse me. Strange. <sighs> Strange. Wow. So I, okay, never mind. I graduated high school when you were born. Excellent. Stellar. 20, <laughs> 26 cents. Looking pretty good. We originally got into Stellar at 19 cents back in December. And I, I, I was so hot to get into Stellar. I remember using uh, a bootleg Wi-Fi in the parking lot of a Pasadena strip mall because I could not wait to get to my boy's house to get into the secure Wi-Fi to get me some Monero. I'm not sorry, not Monero. Sorry, um, Stellar. some Stellar because Stellar is a platform-based crypto that a lot of these uh, new coins are looking to. Uh, to build off of and you want of the ICOs and the new coins coming out you want to get your platform coins you want to get your uh, you want to you, know, you want to get ones that have clear use, use useful purposes like your ethereums where you can build new platforms on top of them have, have you uh, is there any scuttlebutt around uh, the CNBC offices about stellar or, or actually what is the coin that gets the most scuttlebutt um, so stellar I've heard of stellar was the one that I think jumped like maybe 15, 20% when Stripe. Stripe said they might add support for yes. it. I don't know what happened. It went back down. I haven't... <laughs> okay. yes. back down. Sadly, yes. <laughs> but, the, but that one I've heard of. Um, that one is talked about quite a bit on the um, 5 p.m. show on CNBC, which is the one that Melissa Lee hosts. Um, they, they do a really nice, kind of like what you're doing right now, they do a really interesting rundown of like, the cryptos that are moving, so... Oh! Wait, we have our own segment? With Melissa Lee? Yeah, I don't think... I don't know if it's every day, but... still um, my heart. They have a really, really nice round table of guys who really, really understand this stuff, so... Oh, oh, that's good. CNBC, I'm gonna have to come back. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the 2 p.m. hour uh, West Coast, oh, okay, I'm not really watching anything. I might have to check check her out again. Um, we still love you, Melissa. We do. Substratum. I'm really high on this one. This is the one that's going to make a decentralized internet. So in the in the year of the ending of net neutrality, uh, those handful of states which are not enacting uh, legislation against uh, ending net neutrality, you might want to use Substratum. Or if you live in Iran, Russia, uh, you know North Korea, <laughs> lol, uh, places where they definitely block or monitor your China, the great firewall as they call it uh you want to fire up a substratum node uh i expect substratum to really jump right now it's at 47 cents but i expect it to really jump uh within the next uh, uh month or two they start rolling out nodes to people yo i'm oh i'm out here can a brother get a node i want a node <laughs> give me a node i want it because it's great thing is if you once you have substratum first of all they pay you for running a node and, and allowing uh, people to bounce off of off your computer and to anonymize their traffic. And also, you can and, – and, so, and they'll pay you in substratum for, for doing that. And also, you can stop paying your VPN. Buy private internet access. No more 40 bucks a year or whatever. I'll just fire up my substratum node. How about your boy? 40 bucks a year? Really? Really, EJ? 40 bucks a year? Is that a lot or a little? <laughs> That's it, a lot. No, it's like it's like it's money. like seven bucks a month. I mean, yeah, I think you, yeah, seven times twelve is like eight. Oh wow, yeah, that's why you get it for a year because it's like eighty-four dollars you go month by month. It's like seven bucks a month. Um, but yeah, but yeah, so Substratum, and actually I heard about another. Um, well, you, never mind. I'm not getting. So I, I'll, I'll get sidetracked. So that's Substratum. Uh, we're bringing us in for landing. Ripio, the Ripio Credit Network. Uh, I feel sad about this one because it is a great concept. It is peer-to-peer lending through the blockchain. They're at 11 cents. We got in at 38 cents back at the end of December. It has been nosediving. It's actually made a partnership with my next coin, which is Bloom, the Bloom token. Have you heard of Bloom, but no, but perchance? No, I, I kind of feel like you're just making these up now. Wow. <laughs> Ouch. You know what? That's only because that's only you can't see my and screen. Names, and the names are getting, like, Sillier and sillier and sillier. I'm sorry. I, I know. I know. I'm a noob. I'm a noob. Wow. Wow. That, you know, all right, that, that's all good. We, we love you. We're going to have you back. But Bloom, I'll, I'll remember this. Actually, I'll rack this tape when Bloom is like worth 
400 per per token well anyways no. this was my i know you know i know that everyone should be listening to you like this is where you find out what's up so I, i'm listening I'm oh listening. you hear that melissa everyone should be listening to me miss lee all right anyways uh bloom token is actually my first ico i participated in bloom is is looking to remake the global not just the U.S., the global credit market. Uh, it's because our credit system here is notoriously terrible. If you're looking for credit, they ding you. If you have too much credit, they ding you. It's just a mess. Mm -hmm. So they're looking to redo it all through the blockchain. Very well run, very professional uh, outfit and how they're doing it. I originally bought the ICO at $1.26. And today we're at $0.43. Cents. All right. Excellent. But I will say this about Bloom, though. Now, one thing they're doing that a lot of uh, new ICO companies aren't doing is that they're focusing all on the product. They're making smart alliances like with Ripio because, um, you know, peer-to-peer -peer credit lending plus like, remaking the credit system makes sense. And also <clears throat> they're focusing on the product, not, uh, not the actual marketing. A lot of these ICOs, once they get their money, they still pump a lot of money into marketing. Bloom's just doing their thing. They're going to be fine. Their roadmap is pretty tight. Hold on to Bloom. And that, my dear friends, brings an end to the coin count. Thanks for hanging with me. Yeah, that was good. I learned stuff. I learned a lot. Oh, excellent. All right. Now, we're going to keep this next segment pretty short, although feel free to ask any questions you may have because this might be totally unfamiliar to you. But the next one we're doing is Bot Talk! There we go. I was like, why am I button stuck? There we go. Sorry. Get the air horn. <clears throat> now, for those of you who are following my channel, my YouTube channel, uh, it we have I've decided to step up the the frequency of my videos. We're putting out videos just about every day, every other day, mostly focusing on our profit trailer results. Now, and once again, sadly you cannot see this, but once you go back through the video, you'll see this section on bot talk. And basically, we are all about profit trailer. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it at all. It is gaining more and more notoriety around the country. Uh, and actually, well, you, you're probably familiar with bots. You know, I mean, you're you're familiar with yeah. like trading bots, right? Yeah, yeah, in the in the general broader stock markets, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and ironically, that's part of the reason why I don't own anything in the broader stock market, because ever since I read Flash Boys and I know how notoriously front-run the New York Stock Exchange is, why bother, right? But we're yeah. taking that same technolo technological advantage and putting it over to the cryptocurrency space. And this – and actually, can I get a – can, can we get a better well, – okay, that's just the size going to be. Okay, great. So anyways, <clears throat> so this is a look at my profit trailer bot. Uh, I call him Roy. ROI. And Roy is currently, what are we doing today? So we've had some sales today, uh, 0.085, so it looks like we were up to about maybe 0.6% of the day, kind of a slow day. Uh, on, on its best days, Roy has been known to get 3 to 4%. Yesterday, we only did 0.82%. Day before, we did about 2.5%. So it's actually a great way of getting passive well, it, it still requires a little bit hands-on adjustment, but great way of accumulating passive Bitcoin, even despite the market fluctuation. So I'm basically getting, on average, between 1.5 to 2% a day in Bitcoin. Now, the price may go up, it may go down, but once this price takes off later on this summer, all this cheap Bitcoin we're, we're accruing right now through Roy will definitely pay off. And it's taking a look at my pairs right now. So basically, these bots, Courtney, since you can't see this, uh, these bots, um, and actually you can look at ProfitTrailer.com. Uh, I did, a little bit earlier today. I, I guess my question would be for you. Oh, sure. Would you, would you, would you recommend this to people who are, um, to, who are new to the cryptocurrency space? I would not unless you have a lot of time to attack the learning curve. Because I, I mean, I've gone through probably uh, several hundred dollars and two and a half to three weeks of my time just getting caught up to speed on profit trailer. I mean, and it's not like it's, I mean, this is probably one of the, the more user-friendly of the bots that are out there. There's another one which is the friendliest called Crypto Hopper, which I've actually cashed out of. R.I.P. Crypto Hopper. You're dead to me, son. You're dead to me. I guess I, so I, I hadn't heard about this until I was kind of looking at the rundown you sent me earlier today, but I'm very surprised that this is not more mainstream because I feel like a lot of people want to get into the cryptocurrency space but don't quite know how. So if there was a way to make these bots a little bit easier to access, I feel like this would be huge, right? 
Absolutely. And, and, and well, part of it is, is that, I mean, and, and if you look through the video later, you'll see, <clears throat> you'll see my screen. I mean, part of it is that it's, it's technically dense. Like, so profit trailer, I mean, it, it, everything you need to know is on the screen, but it, it, to the casual observer, it's kind of hard to understand. Crypto Hopper actually has a better layout, but it doesn't work as well, at least not in my estimation. You really need to know all the, like, the signals and, and technical analysis to really make Crypto Hopper run. Whereas with Profit Trailer, which is, I mean, I've been on to Profit Trailer for about uh, three or f about three months now, and I think, it's been, I think it's been out a little bit longer than that, maybe eight or nine months. But Profit Trailer has really been gaining no notoriety because there's a lot of of free advertising through YouTube. A lot of people who, like myself who are doing profit trailer updates, who are adjusting their settings, who are, are tweaking and, and sharing their settings with people because we all are trying to help each other make money. And so I think the reason why it's not more mainstream is that I, I can't really say they do a lot of advertising. Like I, I, most of it's word of mouth. I heard about profit trailer through the infamous black people in cryptocurrency group on Facebook where, you know, people were talking about bots. I'm like, oh really, what's that? And I just kind of got pulled down the rabbit hole. So I think word of mouth almost kind of like like um, almost kind of like old school Krispy Kreme, which I think doesn't even do like ads, right? It's all through word of mouth. I mean, it's this is our Krispy Kreme, you know. Go get you some some digital donuts. And anyways, just looking at at my pairs right now. Um, my base pair is Bitcoin, so we're trading against Bitcoin pairs. And right now everything is is looking, you know, kind of copacetic. Bitcoin has been up, it's been down today, but we have our our bags are are fairly manageable. The worst one, of course, Monero. 20% down. Uh, GVT, which is down 18%, but the volume is still pretty high. Almost thir almost 1,300, you know, uh, uh, almost 1,300 Bitcoin worth on this exchange in the last 24 hours, so we can't give up on it yet. And the rest of them, we're just going to hodl because they're solid coins. Ripple's not going anywhere, so I don't care if it's down 11%. We'll hold that bag until it sells. Trig, new bag. We'll give it some time. ETH, it's Ethereum! And look, it's already pumping. This sucker was down like to 9 or 10% yesterday. We're already back up to 4%. We've DCA'd four times so because we dollar cost averaged our way out of our, our trades. So when so when it finally does pay off, it's going to be big. And let's, let's actually look at one of these sales real quick, and then I'll kind of wrap up the bot talks that you can't see or pretty much understand anything I'm saying. Uh, the, the biggest sale we had today... Someone what? understands, EJ. Your oh, listeners understand. That's that's right. That's right, Dan. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm fascinated. This is interesting. I, I have a question for you when you're done, too. Oh, okay. sure. We do it off the listen. Well, real quick, we had... Look at this. Look at this beauty right here. Look at this beaut. This one sold... Actually, hold on. Is this this one? Is it 4%? So we sold... Uh, there we go. So it had DCA'd four times, friends. DGD. I think it's that Digidi, the, the Digidal. It, went, it was... That one was down as much as... I don't know, 12%. It sold for a profit of 2.24% or $6.19 worth at, at the moment or 0 0.0007 Bitcoin. That is a huge sale because basically with our bot, we're doing a ton of, a lot of little itty bitty sales, 30 cents here, 40 cents there. 619 might be one of my all time biggest scalps. That's, that's not true. $13 is actually my biggest one. This is in the top 10. So well done, Digital, we we knew you had it in you. Just gotta be patient. Sometimes I lose my patience with these with these coins, and I'll sell a bag at a loss. No more, damn it! Our settings are tight. They're tight and right. If you really want to see my settings, I will show you these settings real quick. You can pause the video, and you can you know take down my settings. Uh, here are my pairs. We are trading eight max pairs, so we have the proper budget for it. And also, and these are the shit coins. These are coins we do not trade. Although we turned ICX back on because it is pumping like a son of a gun. Same thing. Uh, oh, is ONT on? Let's turn. No, uh, ETC is back on. These are my settings. My EMA gain. Take a look. Look at it. Love it. These are some other coins we are not messing with because they're too new. No new coins. No. This is our DCA settings. We're doing it. We're maxed at four times now. We're only DCAing four times, stopping at negative five percent. These are the rest of my settings. Look at them, love them, and then my indicators. Only ones you need to really worry about is EMA 300, EMA 1 34, EMA 2 13. And if you need to know what these are, basically go look at some other videos because not great on technical analysis. All right, Courtney, go. What's your question, my friend? So I not to compare cryptocurrencies to the broader markets, but there has been this really big, as I'm sure you know, passive versus active debate. And I'm wondering if you see that happening in the cryptocurrency space 
um, in, in a few in a few years or decades? I mean, do you see a time where you are only passively trading cryptocurrencies? Like you're only using platforms like Profit Trailer. You're not actively doing mm. anything. A bot is doing it for you. Uh, is that realistic or is that way too far out? That's an interesting question. I think most people like myself. I mean, well. I only got into it because I was looking for another stream of income, a passive stream of income. It's interesting to me because you're basically making, you know, Bitcoin every day. And there are other platforms that are out there, like a lot of these lending platforms, which have been essentially either Ponzi schemes or got crushed through regulation and then end up being a Ponzi scheme. Uh, or that I was looking to replace, you know, some of those with something that I can make you know, income every day. So I think you're going to find more and more people that are both hodling like myself and also being active. I don't think it's one or the other. And most of the people who are in this space, and there are some people who, and, a lot, and Bitcoin Twitter is great Twitter. I mean, find a, a good list, a good Bitcoin list people follow, and you will find all sorts of types out there. You have people who are, who are shorters, people who are, you know, hedgers, people who are swing traders, just pretty much every kind of flavor except for maybe derivatives that you can find in the traditional financial markets you could find in the crypto markets. Hmm. So it's, it's it, you most likely won't be one or the other, but you can find something for everybody in this space. And I think it's going to still be diversified. If anything, you'll find more and more people, like you said, finding out through word of mouth about profit trailer. Uh, hell, I mean, even my tiny little channel, some guy came in on one of my daily videos and said that he made 2.67% off my settings the other day in a day. So I'm, you know, it's, it, you know, it's like each one teach one the words getting out. So I think you'll see, you'll see, it won't be one or the other. I think it'll be more, you know, both. And if, if someone uses your settings, do you get a cut of their profit or not so much? Oh God, no, no. It's all, now there I mean, are people. That would be a great idea. That's awesome. Yeah, yes and no. So there are people, I mean, look, I'm actually going to Google for the people on the screen. Profit trailer settings and you'll find a lot of people selling see look at this but the tra the profit trailer experts three to eight percent daily guaranteed that's some bullshit because there are some days where no matter what you do the you can't the market's not going to let you trade i mean it's you're going to either be stuck with bags while everything's down and then some days you know that it'll be really pumping now you can what you can do is you can minimize the damage with your settings to an extent, and you can make little adjustments on the fringes, but you can't guarantee, you know, you can't guarantee, you know, a daily amount of ROI. You just can't. It's like life. So the fact that these guys are out here offering up, like, I mean, all these settings for pay, $77? GTFO! Get out of here! <laughs> all right? I mean, this, this is ridiculous. So, I, I mean, there's and there's so much free information, just like with Bitcoin. And I get really, I mean, I get a little annoyed when I hear about, you know, I don't, I don't name them my name, but there are people, particularly in the black community, who have, you know, PhDs in other shit who basically try to pawn off on our people $300 membership clubs just to learn basic stuff on Bitcoin that you can find out going to Reddit or going to my channel or blacksandbitcoin.com or pretty much anywhere else that I just find is quite distasteful. So no, no, do not. I mean, that while there is a business for this, do not pay for these settings, especially when they go bad. They're going to come looking at you. And as oh. always, I'm not a licensed financial advisor. I'm not giving financial advice. So, you know, so feel free to, to take my settings you know, take with them because how did I get my settings? Especially, I have an MBA, but I'm not a technical analysis guy. I got my settings from watching other people's channels and tweaking them to my liking. So it's all it's all very DYOR. If anything, that I'm grateful about Bitcoin for doing is that is definitely ushered in a new age of do your own research. Mm. Mm. I agree, but yeah, but bots are fascinating. Bots are a lot of fun, and that has been bot talk. And why can't I can't find my there? No, no, I can't find my favorite button. Where's my button at? All right, whatever. There's, there's bot talk. Major key. Major key. Okay. Anyways, moving on. So, uh, my last segment for the culture, because my background is entertainment. I love seeing movies, television, everything that's out there. And I was privileged to go see an early screening last night of Pacific Rim. Uprising. Are you familiar with the Pacific Rim, I guess, now franchise, Courtney? Yeah, I guess I have to see the first one, which came out, what, like 2013, 2012? 2012, yeah. Yeah, 2012. five years ago. I yeah. thought it was kind of hot garbage. <laughs> Blast Up blew up. And a lot of, like, you know, uh, people I like who, who are in it giving, you know, weird performances. But it made a ton of money, and they're back for more. And I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised because 
mostly because of your boy John Boyega, who is definitely living his best life in this movie and off. John Boyega is the secret weapon in this movie. He's having so much fun in his native British accent. So charming. Just so much... I mean, I love this kid. He's great. And he's really what powers Pacific Rim. I had a great time with the movie, although the movie is way too loud. Not to be all old man, get off my lawn about it, but it is way too loud. And the urban destruction gets... I mean, it's more than just like video game silly. It gets like... It gets like Batman vs. Superman silly, where everything's getting destroyed, and all I can think about the entire time is, man, that insurance, that, that monster insurance is going to be sky high <laughs> next film. <laughs> but I had a great time. Pacific Rim, are you are you looking forward to seeing it? Are you going to see it? Is that the type of movie you'd like to see, Courtney? I don't think I'm going to see it. The preview looks okay. I read in Variety earlier today that this is the movie that they think will knock Black Panther from its winning streak, so I don't like that. <laughs> How many I times have you Black seen Black Panther? Panther? And you can't Just... see me, but I'm doing the the salute. <laughs> oh, good, good. No, I've only seen it, I've only seen it once, but I, I have to see it again. There was a kerfuffle in the theater. I went to go see it in Harlem, like okay. the heart of like where you if you want to see a black movie, like you should see it in Harlem. But there was a lot of drama in my theater. Anyway, that's a story <laughs> for another time. By the way, what happened to your Black Panther Twitter name? It just went away. I loved it. I loved seeing it every time oh. on my timeline. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> was it was it Wakanda Forever? That's right. Yeah. What Damn well, I mean, you know, I mean, I gave it three weekends. So I was like, all right, well, let me go on to something more apropos to my daily life, which is added value, because I'm here to add value. But yeah, um, but yes, it, it, they're predicting it'll probably make about 25 to 35 million. I mean, and and I, I wouldn't say it's time, but I mean, Black Panther, it, it's got a good run. It's going to be the all-time grossing superhero movie. It's, it's already in like the top 10 of a bunch of different grossing stuff. Yeah, unadjusted it's, it's set its records. It's, yeah. it's, had, it's had a great run. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's made its money. And I'm not saying that this is like a worthy successor per se, but I mean, this is a big budget movie. It's going to do like a ton of business overseas. Everything's set in like China. So it's going right. to be... It's gonna be great so i enjoy pacific rim i it, i give it three reels i do somewhat endorse it so definitely check it out so before we bring the sucker in for landing is there anything that we haven't touched on yet that you want to talk about and you know i'm bringing you back for more i'm bringing you back like hopefully at least once a month you're you're great you're my favorite guest I feel terrible because I'm, I'm sure your other guests are listening and they're like, hey, what about me? <laughs> yes, all like four of them. Yes. They're all br- oh, heartbroken God. right now. <laughs> okay, I mean, look, I mean, I, I feel like I don't know how much this is in your realm, but like I'm just so bewildered by everything that's going on with Facebook. There was an interesting interview on CNBC, CNBC Today. Uh, the Chiron on the screen, a little lower third, was um, was something like Facebook's pain, blockchain's gain. Like, <laughs> is, 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 I, I don't know. This may be going way too far. I'm interested in your thoughts on this. But is, 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 should Facebook get, get in bed with the blockchain technology? Is that what will make users happy? I mean, my, my answer is that, yes, with the blockchain, you'll be able to track where data goes technically, right? Yeah. But so it would solve the transparency issue, but it would not control the issue. You wouldn't be able to stop where your data is going. Do you know what I mean? And I, I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm not looking into this the right way, but no. I'm interested in what you think. No, you're, you're making perfect sense. And of course yeah. you can't, you have your journalist hat on, you're interviewing me, but that's fine. Um, but no, I'm, I, it, it, that's actually a valid point. Well, first of all, they're already in the blockchain game because on their board, I believe is Charlie Lee, AKA Satoshi light on Twitter, AKA the founder of Litecoin. So they're, okay. yeah, yeah, they've been rumored for a while. that They're going to do something with cryptocurrency. I mean, it's just, just give them some time. That's, that's one. As far as, them doing something substantial with blockchain as far as a transparency thing, it kind of sounds antithetical to everything that Facebook's about. I mean, they're, they're now look, they have, there's a very real possibility they face some, an existential crisis as far as their business model going forward. Like they, they may definitely have to, you know, I mean, they're going to, they're going to be like investigated. They're going to be like, you know, slapped down. Like, I'm not sure if it's going to be so, much big as go back to the Ma Bell days, and this is definitely before your time when they broke up AT and T into like the little different bells way because it's too powerful. I'm not sure if, right. if, if it's going to be something like that, or if it might be more of a Microsoft situation where it's going to be a huge fine and it's going to basically knock them, you know, back in the social media wars a little bit. But I just, I just find it hard to believe that they're actually going to upend their entire business model and be totally transparent. Because when has Zuck ever been totally transparent? You know, I mean, he's he's got that boy next door, you know. You know, uh, you know, uh, 
Dorian Gray face. The guy looks like he's never aged, whatever. But it's you know he he's really you know undercover kind of ruthless about his, and and I kind of respect it, but not with my data. So I it'll be very interesting to see how the how the market you know responds. We already know that the the stock market is like you know caned it for like 60 50 or 60 billion in in uh, share yeah, value. Yeah, the stock's getting crushed. This yeah. is like the second day it's been down. I, I'm I'm fascinated by this story, and I think I'd be more even more fascinated if, if, if the blockchain angle comes into it. We'll, we'll see. It's mostly speculation, but we'll, well, what, what what the blockchain will do, and there are already platforms that are out here like this, um, and and coins and ICOs are developing stuff like this. But basically, and, and one of the things like Tron, a very misunderstood coin, and actually, what's Tron trading at today? Tron, what well, Tron, even though they pretty much barely have a white paper, it's a it's like a top twenty coin, and they've done a lot of uh, business off of just uh, uh, just off of their roadmap because they basically want to create maybe so much not much like a Facebook but like a, a, a whole platform for content creation where you can monetize off of it but yet it can all be somewhat transparent and so I think you'll find something more like like Tron, Tron type platforms. I can't think of the coins off the top of my head right now, but other platforms, Steemit, I think Steemit's a coin or a platform where basically it's decentralized and people are monetizing off their content. Like you can actually, let's, let's, let me check out Steemit real quick. Steemit, I don't know as much as I need to know about Steemit, but Steemit's pretty cool because when you go there, you see all these people who are like loading up videos and content and people are actually, you know, through their likes, whatever, they're actually getting paid in Steam that's the, the that's their native uh, coin. They're getting actually paid in Steam for uh, the amount of likes they have, and you can actually give Steam and Steam Power. I really need to do a, a deep dive in how it works, and maybe get my own action going up on Steam. But basically, they're directly monetizing off of their popularity. So I think you're going to see more platforms like that, or maybe even a social media version of a Steam or something, where basically the power is decentralized and taken out of the hands of one central body that can just, you know, kind of do willy-nilly with your with your data. But I just think there's too much at stake for, for Facebook not to, uh, not to make some changes, but I have a hard time thinking they're going to go all the way to the, to the left and go, you know, be open and transparent. It's just not their way. Yeah, and I and I also I also don't think that um, Facebook embracing something that I would say the average person doesn't understand blockchain is not going to quell the rage. So <laughs> I, even, it's not, yes, what are you doing? What is this now you're doing? They would see that as then probably being less transparent when you know the whole point of the technology is to be transparent. People don't understand what the blockchain is. I don't think the average person does. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but... Well, well, from a Wall Street perspective, just, I mean, not to go too far afield, but what would it take yeah. uh, from a Wall Street perspective for someone to basically... Uh, it, or is it even possible to stage for someone to actually surpass uh, uh, Facebook or to basically sun it like Facebook sunned MySpace? I mean, is there a way that they can get sunned, you know, to use the you know, New York lingo you're probably familiar with? Is there a way that Facebook can get sunned like, you know, they did to MySpace? I was thinking about that earlier today because you turn on cable news and you have outlets that aren't financial outlets like CNN, you know, Today Show, these very mainstream um, networks talking about this and they frame it in the way that's like, we can't live without Facebook. And I'm like, guys, once upon a time, <laughs> we lived without Facebook. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I do think there could be another social network to come along and kind of trump what Facebook is doing. Now, here's the question. I don't know if they would be a better actor or a worse actor than Facebook is. I don't know. All right. That, that, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. And so with that, we shall bring this sucker in for a landing. Okay, so uh, where can you find Blacks and Bitcoin? Go to blacksandbitcoin.com. We are there 24-7 on the web. And we make updates. Eh, it's about every day or so, usually with the latest videos. If you're into these profit trailer settings and bot talk, make sure you follow my channel on YouTube. Also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, but no Snapchat. We don't do none of that. Oh, and yeah, delete your Snapchat. Rihanna already gave you your marching orders. Delete your Snapchat. We don't mess around with Snapchat. Also, subscribe to this podcast, iTunes, Google Music, SoundCloud. We are also now available on Spotify, thanks to Pippa. That's oh, and let me refresh this page so you can see, get a good look at Pippa. It is the simplest, smartest way 
to share your podcast. And I do thank the good people at Pippa for putting me onto Spotify where even more people can discover all the blacks and Bitcoin goodness. You want to also support Blacks in Bitcoin and the podcast? Give us a five-star rating. Share it with your friends. Share it on social media. Open an account on Coinbase using my referral link. You'll get $10, and I'll get $10 if you put on a deposit of $10 or more of Bitcoin. Tip me in my Bitcoin wallet. Or, like I said, y'all can see we got merch. We got merch, y'all. Got my Blacks in Bitcoin mug. Got my Blacks in Bitcoin shirt. We got it all for you guys. Actually, look, and I had this. Here it is. Go to Zazzle.com slash Blacks in Bitcoin. We got t-shirts, y'all. We got products. We got notepads, all the weird stuff, mugs, all sorts of stuff, little baby t-shirts. My Bitcoin is black. So cute. Get all of that in. And yes, the prices are a little bit high, but guess what's on the back of it? It says my Bitcoin is black on one on the front side. And then go to the back side. Blacks in Bitcoin. Just like that. Show them who you are, y'all. Show them who you are. Thanks, everybody, for watching, listening. Courtney, if you have anything, plug your ish. What are you working on? I am working on a million things right now, and I'm not even saying that just to be kind of non-transparent. <laughs> I, like, I, I'm about to graduate from Columbia. and Yes, congratulations. Yes. So after that, I will have a lot, a lot. I hope a lot of big things can work. So I will keep you updated. Oh, please do. Well, you're invited back. You have a standing invite. Hopefully we can wrangle you back at least once a month. You are my favorite guest. It's been a pleasure and delight. Once again, sorry for last time. Oops. <laughs> are we recording this time, EJ? Yeah. You know what? Let me... Okay, 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 we're good. I mean, it's too late now. It's too late now to check. <laughs> if it, look, if this one doesn't go through, I mean, I'm firing myself. This is just, this, that'd be terrible. But yes, thanks oh, for coming back. Great. I love being, being a good here. sport. I so much fun. Yes, it's good. I'll, as always, give my love to Melissa Blockchain Lee. I mean, standing invite to come on the show or to just come into my heart. It's it's all good. And and as we find, where's my outro music? Damn, you know, I had some really good. Um, I'm adding some new music to the to the, the daily pod we actually have some really good stuff in there uh some good i mean you know i don't know about you but i actually went to school in, in atlanta and so i'm all about some of that that trap music that, that shit bangs so you know and, and actually of course i closed it but you know what? So we'll just go out with our traditional music i appreciate everybody for listening and watching and as always if you love bitcoin hodl if you hear me peace <laughs>